Ghostly. Today we have Audra Morris with us. Um, we're going to tap into uh, her career in the paranormal. We've got Mr. Ray Booten with us, of course. And uh, they used to work together back in the field. Do you guys still work together on things? Or just, is it more uh, of a past thing? Well, recently we went down to Plymouth. That was, uh, that was one instance oh, yeah. there. Yeah, that was very nice. Yes. What went down? On, what went down in Plymouth? Um, basically, people wanted a mediumship gallery, mm -hmm. and um, one thing I had done is ahead of time is had meditated to try and uh, get ready for it. At that point, there I could see the I could see the place, and I knew that there was a female, a spirit that was there. Yeah. And so when I went there. Audra was there. Audra was uh, kind enough, even though I kind of half dumped it on her, <laughs> um, to help the spirit pass on, which she did, and help that person who was uh, wandering around or trapped there move on, and they did. Yeah, that was fun. That was the first time I'd ever done that. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, and I know it may, it may seem um, a little harsh, but when you put someone on a spot, they realize what they can do. They come through, and afterwards they go, wow, and it's a next step. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what I was looking for is that, that next step, and you did well. Thank you. Yeah, that was the first time it was a ball. And that was the first time I'd ever really participated in, you know, the mediumship, mm -hmm. you know, environment um, to that level. So it was really fun uh, to be there and to just kind of get my feet wet and what a way to get them wet. It was wonderful. Jump on in. How'd you guys get called to that? Did just somebody find you? A friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, she and, and her, her uh, family members were, were looking to... Have a, a you know get together with a medium and they you know obviously hoping to connect with some family members, which it was it was an uncle that was coming through if I remember correctly and he was a little bit uh, attitudey yeah. to us yeah, oh, yeah. bit attitudey. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did give some good information. They were able to confirm it was him. Yeah. Uh, and one of one of the things in anything in the past at least I've done and I would recommend if you ever approach a medium uh, from my end I want no information mm. and I don't allow you to give me information just yes or no if you approach a medium give them no information don't say oh I want to hear from my father or I want to hear from my no give them nothing let them work yeah and that way there you'll know it's the person in spirit and it's not them playing off you yeah and it worked out well that time because uh, the only information I had was what I got that day. Yeah. And you got to speak to an uncle, you, you said? Yep. How was there an attitude? I'm very curious. When you said that, it made me very curious. Well, I guess I guess uh, his personality in death uh, really was pretty much his personality in life. Yeah. Where he didn't want to really give. It was like pulling teeth. Really? To uh, get him to give any type of feedback, you know, mm -hmm. um, didn't want to really tell us anything about how he passed, but we could feel it, which was good because when you feel it, then mm -hmm. you can say, you know, I can feel this acid, I can feel this burning here and there. Is this what happened? And you'll get your kind, your yes, 
was it like a dark way that maybe that's why he didn't want to talk about, like open up about it at first or no it... he was just a grouchy person yeah he was just a grouch <laughs> yeah and it's funny because it was even they said it they said oh that was uncle so-and-so and he was really a difficult man yeah. i mean they they were right on it he was a difficult man but he talked about his garden yeah well they'll talk about their their favorite things um the other thing is that in order to identify what you'll have is they'll present as they were in life if he had presented as a kind quiet sweet person then those receiving the messages probably would have said who's that mm -hmm. <laughs> right but basically, yeah. if, if he comes across, across like, rah, 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 and they go, oh, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> so presenting in the same way, physically, and attitude, information, in that same manner, helps confirm who it is coming through. So if you can pick up on that, it's part of that confirmation that, oh, I know who that person is. At least yeah. the other person should say that. Yeah. The living ones. Yeah. The personality is in the spirit. You yes. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what makes them all different. They each have their own personalities. So you guys did it at a house or? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool, cool. Living room? Yeah. In yeah. the living room. No. How, how do you guys usually go about that when you're in the living room? Like, walk us through real quick. You, that, you can go with that, that situation. You get there and... You meet the family, no, no, get no clues or anything, and then you just kind of set up in the living room and kind of open yourself up and wait for something to kind of come by and kind of grab it. Or uh, myself, I meditate ahead of time and try mm -hmm. and do like a pre-connection with the place. I had never been there, but I knew it was down in Plymouth. And I think I mentioned when I walked in there, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen this place because I'm going to be standing here and there'll be people on this side and this. So it's kind of like um, almost like a remote viewing. Yeah. Even though I hadn't been there. And I start preparing ahead of time. And when I walk in is when I start to open up. And typically, um, a funny thing is, is anybody who knows me, I usually stand and I start pacing. Mm -hmm. And people, people look at me. And I've had people go, oh, he's got that look. Mm -hmm. That means it's starting. Mm -hmm. I start to get this spacey look, and I just start saying things. And it just starts coming out, and I'm staring off into somewhere. Because I'm seeing it mm -hmm. right in front of me. I, I see the person. Oh, they're standing behind you. They do, And it just starts coming out. But I get that spaced out look, and I've literally had people say, oh, he's got that look. Yeah. <laughs> Something's happening. And you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's it's yeah. It's a great look. It is great. She's seen it firsthand. Oh yeah, yeah. several times. Several times. Yeah. It's really fun being out with him mm -hmm. because you see the look and you're like, okay, what's what's coming through? And he'll be like, do you see the guy over there behind that woman? <laughs> you know, and it's like it's so fun to to just like, and I'm like. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, oh, but he just is. It's it's great. Yes. Yeah. It's like just watching. I don't know. It's fun to watch. Watching a master work. Mm -hmm. What happened when you walked in, though? How did you open up? Um. Well, <clears throat> you're gonna laugh, but I actually on the ride. You know, I just like before I left the house, I was singing. I like to sing. It relaxes me. Anything in particular, or just no, just whatever. 
whatever kind of hit that. Phil Collins, by chance, on that day. Yeah. But it's just kind of whatever I'm in the mood for, I will sing, and that relaxes me. And then after we got there, you know, Ray had said, you know, just kind of go get yourself in your in your space. Mm-hmm. So I did. I went into um, a different room and just kind of relaxed and asked Spirit to allow me to be open to receive any messages that would be helpful and healing to anybody. And... Um, I just relaxed and went out, and that was it. You just kind of went with the flow. And you got information. I did. I did. And it was it was great because he knew I was a little bit hesitant, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, it was my first time doing this. And, I mean, he's wonderful, and he's getting all the stuff. And, yeah. and I was doubting. And I, and I know, and he taught me many years ago, never doubt mm. what you first think, hear, or see. Right. So he has excused himself. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to excuse you, you go ahead and take this. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, thanks. So, yeah, I was sitting there for a little bit, and I could see not a woman, but I could see arms. And they were holding a little tan dog, okay. a little small, cute tan dog. So I said, okay, I see some arms. And I said, actually, they were older arms. I said, you see the arms of an older woman, and she's holding a little tan dog. And I described what the dog looked like with the short, curly hair. And one of the women that was sitting there, she said, that's my dog. And it passed away. And I used to take it to nursing homes to comfort the elderly. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know, so it's like, it's really fun. So, yes, animals do come back. I know that's a question a lot of people have is, you know, do animals have souls? And, yeah, oh, yeah, they are definitely with us. They come back. Yeah, you know, so anything that is alive would have a soul. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Except for plants. I had a funny story to that. I yeah. was uh, working with a group, and we were practicing. This was a formal group. We used to meet once a week. We did this for about five years. And we're over there, and we delved into animals, and there was a gentleman sitting there, and um, I looked at him, and I said, you had a cat? And he goes, yes. He goes, you got a dog now, but you had a cat. He goes, yeah, I forgot. I said, I know, there's a cat next to you, and if I pick up any attitude at all, it looks almost like the cat sitting there going... Hey, what about me? You forgot about me. I'm getting this attitude of like, yeah. And he starts laughing because he's going, yeah, I've got all about the cat since I got the dog. It's like, uh-huh, well, a cat didn't forget about you. So, uh, yeah, we, you can have fun with it. Yeah. And it, that that was a particularly funny one for me. It's yeah. Kind of like that. If I could describe it at all, it'd be like the cat with one paw up waving going, hey, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with that dog, so the dog was the the dog of the lady you were talking to. Yeah. So you think that it's with her, with her, right? It's like you know the aura with her. You think that that when other spirits came into the mix, you think that the that the, the dog, you know how she said she brought her around to the hospitals and stuff. Yeah. Like the dog was with her and he knows to go to that spirit to make that spirit feel more welcome or comforting. You know what I mean? You think that might be a little thing with it or? I think he was just letting just her, her know, letting her okay. know he was okay, he was comforted. And yeah. I think that was the whole point of letting me see him in someone's arms. Right. 
and um, I think it was just to let her know, hey, you know, I'm I'm good, I'm happy, I'm I'm getting hugged, life is good. Yeah. That's you all know? you need for a good life, some hugs. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. where did you and Ray meet, and how long ago back? Do you remember? I do. I do. <laughs> go for it. Uh, you gotta go for it. Oh us. wait, wait, wait! The name's <laughs> gonna make me the oh, Lincoln Mall, the store. Mm-hmm. Okay, that. Uh, okay. Was it the Lincoln Mall store or the one in North Attleboro? You know, I, I went to a, a class that you had in North Attleboro, but it was the woman that owned the store, the Silver yeah. Silver Dragon? No. Uh, no, not Silver Dragon. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I forget the name of that one. Um, I'm thinking about you took a class at uh, Amethyst Moon in North Attleboro. The Lincoln Mall, Alternate Realities. Alternate Realities, yes, yes, because um, I was actually going through a lot uh um, energetically that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of really going through a lot. I'm an empath. Yeah. Which, if you don't know you're an empath, you think you're going crazy. Mm. Because you pick up on everybody's energy. Right. Uh, their mood swings, their anger, their depression. And if you don't understand it, you're just like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And I was having a lot of issues. Hey, how you doing? And um, Leo the cat cameo. I love Leo. He rocks. So my husband and I had uh, gone in there and you know we were talking, explaining what was going on. The woman was so kind. Mm-hmm. She helped me so much and she explained everything. And I mean, I was doing Reiki at the time and I mean, I understood Reiki and energy. I just didn't understand how to handle being an empath. So yeah. she was very good. And we were checking out, and she picked up Ray's card that was there. And she said, you need to get a hold of him. I think he will be able to help you immensely. Yeah. So I said, okay, you know. And uh, then I, I mean, from there, I can't remember if I found out, I went on your website and found out you were doing the course at the Amethyst, was it that at the Amethyst Moon? I think so. I don't have cards or a website anymore. No, I but back I then. Used to, yeah, back then. Uh, that was the all-day introduction to mediumship mm, yes. class. Yes. Yeah. That was a ball. That was awesome. And in that class, by the end of the class, typically about 90% of the people can deliver messages. Mm-hmm. It's really a case of everybody has some ability. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them to let go and open up. Okay. Some it's kind of natural or occurs. Others we build up barriers. But that class was about there's a meditation mm-hmm. to clear chakras, um, mm-hmm. building energy. The funny thing is, I would bring things, but I wouldn't tell people where they're from. And I would ask, in this particular case, my parents to help clear mm-hmm. the spirit. And I would give somebody something and say, what can you tell about this? So that is picking up the energy from one object. But I'd also invite other people I knew in spirit and I'd say, okay, who's with me? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Who's here? Who's mm-hmm. here? Who's here? And after a while they're going, oh, there's an older woman here. There's a man here. There's a younger guy here. I see you. This, I see you. That, I see you. Just constantly saying, follow your instinct. First thought. First thought. And then afterwards I'd tell them all who it was and they go, that's who I saw. That's what I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't give him information. 
Mm -hmm. That ability is there to one degree or another in everybody. She's opening up, and she, that was many years ago, and mm -hmm. she's opened up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. When you say that you, you got help from your parents, was that from the other side, or was that the physical? Form? Oh, from the other side. My okay. father passed. Yeah. I'd ask them to come along. Okay. And uh, help these people present yourself so that they can see that there's more. That right. They can start to open up. And usually it was my parents. And I had one friend who had passed also that would show up too. Were they spiritual, into the spiritual stuff before they passed? There's a, you know what I mean? Uh, no, that was more of a case of their continuing to a relationship with and helping their son. Okay. That's cool. Path. Very supportive of them. I yes. like that. I like to hear that. Yes. Very. Um, yeah. The um, at what? How old? Like, were you, or how how far back when you first started to feel that it was there was something a little different where you could sense things? You know what I mean? Or have you always been into like the spiritual world and stuff? Um, since since I was actually very young. Mm -hmm. Uh, very young, I would see things or hear things, mm -hmm. um, and it was very unique. Um, I can remember getting up, huh, you know, you wake up, you yeah. use the restroom there, and, yep. and I was little, young, young, and every time I went out my bedroom door, there was a wolf sitting at the end Interesting. Since I was, and I mean, I saw this wolf 10 years. Hmm. I mean, this wolf was with me during my whole childhood. I would see this wolf. And, you know, at first I was afraid when I saw her because right. I'm like, okay, didn't understand any of this. But then after a little bit, I'm like, well, it's obviously not going to hurt me. So, but I didn't understand. Now as I get older, I understand right. he is my animal. Guide's been okay. with me since I was very small. Um, I would always pick up on energy in the room. Um, I could be sitting in my kitchen when I was younger in my teen years, and I'd look at my mother and my uncle and my cousins lived a few houses over, and I'd say, "Oh, Uncle Richie's coming up the back steps." Within a couple of minutes, my uncle would come up the back steps. Hmm. Uh, always knew when my mother wanted me. I could be out and I'd say, oh, I gotta go, my mother wants me. Yeah. You know, and if I didn't leave when I wanted to leave, either the phone would ring at the house I was at and it would be my mother asking me to come home, mm -hmm. or if it was within earshot, she'd be yelling my name, you know, yeah, back yeah, yeah. then they just, you know, so I was always very in tune with that. Um, I can remember when my sister got pregnant. <laughs> 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 I looked at her and I'm like, oh, you're pregnant. And she's like, oh, gee, don't say that, yeah. you know? And I'm like, no. I said, you can have a baby girl with a big, thick head of black hair. And mm -hmm. she's like, Audra, don't do that to me. The last thing I need, well, about three weeks later, she's like, it's like I can't believe this. How did you know? And I'm like, I just saw it. Yeah. You know, I saw it. I saw her. I saw the baby. I just, I saw it. So, um, it's really just kind of been like that my whole life, picking up. And it's been sporadic. I could never control it. Yeah. I never knew how to, to work with it. It just would happen. Now, when you say you hear things, I've, I've heard, like, my name before. 
mm-hmm. but with both of you, do you do you hear deeper like messages and stuff, or, or you know, things that you know link things together with? You hear a name or a, hear a word, and it goes, you know, you opened up, so you, you, it brings you somewhere. Because I've I, I've heard my name, I hear Matt a, a lot. You know what I mean, but. I really just get names. Do you guys get more than that, or? Uh, not so much for yeah. me. I'll hear I'll hear my name or yeah. a name. Okay. Or a name, but I don't hear a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I get more, um, more of the physical feeling. Yeah. Or a mental image. Mm-hmm. Very little. I'd like to to be able to pick up more on the verbal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Ray? Uh, mostly it's information that pops in my head. Have I heard things? Yes, I was doing uh, a medium gallery one time and I was giving information and I saw something in front of me and I couldn't remember the name of it. And it's, it's happened more than once, but suddenly I hear someone yell in my ear, mm-hmm. loud, figs! Because it was a wooden bowl and it was full oh, okay. of figs. And they hate figs. And it was kind of like, and then, and it was kind of like you know, like whoa. And I look around, and no one else heard that. And I said, oh, they loved figs. They used to keep them in a wooden bowl. And they're like, oh. And the interesting thing afterwards is that I'd given the information, and the person came up and said, oh, uh, you speak Portuguese? I go, no. Well, our grandmother came through, and she didn't speak English. Yeah. But in spirit, you understand. Right. And in that case, I heard the word figs, but there are other times I've heard things. But the communication is very much direct. Language isn't a barrier. Mm. But yeah, I've heard I've heard things before, and uh, sometimes whether it's a noise, identifying something is there, whether it's a name or or something, it's uh, the head just snaps around. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, whoa, who's there? Yeah, yeah. No one else hears it, but it's kind of like, okay, you can't sneak up on me. (laughs) I I know in the field you never want to let your guard down and, you know, express fear or anything like that. But were there any occasions that you two remember where you were afraid in a situation? You know, where you were channeling something? I know you said that that guy, the uncle, was real rude. You know, had an attitude, rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, are there any moments, do you recall, that you were just like, you know, ooh, like a little... I know you can't let it out during the time because if you show it's kind of like a, like a weakness almost or like a, a way to let negative in type situation, but do you remember any situations where you were kind of a little uneasy with what was going on? Or is everything kind of calm, cool, and collected, you know what I mean? With me, it's calm. Partly mm-hmm. that has to do with barriers I put up mm-hmm. and protection. And I believe where you're coming from makes a difference. If you're very hostile, you bring in hostile. Right. So hostile, I mean, like attracts. Mm-hmm. The only time I've, times I've ever came across anything, one example is that um, I was in a house that no one, no one, even the owners of the house, did not like to get out of that cellar. Okay. And uh, I went down the cellar. I was there for about two minutes, came upstairs and went, nope, and I ain't going in that corner. Yeah. That that was it. I didn't even want to go any farther. I didn't want to know what was in there. I didn't want to know what was in that second room in the corner. Yeah. Um, 
I wasn't doing mediumship or anything. I just went down there and went, oh, no, 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 back up the stairs. Well, I ain't going down there either. You're not, I'm not, no. Yeah. But they used to have apparitions that would go outside the windows we had seen too. Yeah. A guy in a big coat with a hat would walk around. You'd That's a very sometimes. common thing. Remember when Dave was on and we talked about the guy in the coat with the hat we've seen outside of that building? It's a common theme, you know what I mean? Did you have any off-easy feels? I mean, I've experienced things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But um, for the most part, um, as Ray was saying, when you, you, you put up your barriers or your mm -hmm. protection, and if you really are connected with spirit and you walk in the light, yeah. you feel protected. At least for me, I feel very protected. Yeah. Um, I always ask to be protected, to not let anything attach to me, to, you know, to, to just surround me in the light and keep any energy that's not mine away from me. And I feel very comfortable. But there are some things that will, will rattle your nerves, I think, definitely. Yeah, Ray said, said from the beginning, know what you're doing. So those barriers that he speaks of, you know, I mean, very important people that are you know nobody that doesn't know what they're doing should try this stuff but you know definitely you should know the deal i had a question for you when you were talking about the certain rooms i read something recently about um the occult in like rooms with black and white checkered floors and red walls have you ever heard anything about that like uh, those were like weird worship room type deal type situations about that, no. When I was in college, yeah. I lived uh, off campus. Okay. We got together and <clears throat> kind of what I would call semi-off campus, but mm -hmm. on the edge of. And I had a room upstairs. It was a converted attic. Okay. I painted the walls fire engine red. Okay. The floor, which was gray, had a circle on it. Okay. With runes and symbols on it. That's a problem. So, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, I, did, room. I did not have a problem in that room. Yeah. I was very comfortable there. Yeah. But that's me. Did you try anything in that room? Were you, were you testing the waters at that point? or Maybe a little bit exploring yeah. things. I know that uh, I found out later on um, when I was on campus, uh, I'd be going around and I found out I had the nickname because I did investigate a lot of different things. I had the nickname Devil Man. Ah. <laughs> Scary. Devil Man. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I mean, what am I doing? Sacrificing people up there? What? I mean, it's... Yeah. But, yeah, that rumors start all sorts of ways people interpret and say crazy things. Yeah. But, no, I've never had a bad... That sort of bad experience. Uh, if you're talking about the flooring, the color of a room, mm -hmm. anything... Not aware of it, never had it. No, me neither. You think people did bad things in that room? You said there was like a in a circle on the floor. Oh, I like, put it there. Oh, you put it there. <laughs> I put it there. Like pentagrammy circle? Pentagrammy circle, oh, ru ruins really around it, everything, no. the bright red, uh, fire engine red. So room. the red is does mean something then? I don't know. I go oh, by okay. I you go just by did it to do it? By feel? Instinct. By okay. Feel. I think, yeah, you picked up on that. Because I, I, I want to say I read somewhere recently that that was like, you know, occultish things, even like from way back. Like that was in their little, their rooms where they did their bad things. They had the red walls and the black and white checkered floors. 
and that was supposed to mean something. Well, that's yeah. something to look into. That's yeah. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The devil man. Uh, <laughs> rumors. That's all it is. Just trying to bring you down. <laughs> I was different than most, but you got to realize yeah. uh, part of that also was that I went to a, a Roman Catholic college. Mm-hmm. And I've always been interested in things outside of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So it just could have been that I didn't fit right. very well with the way a lot of people thought. Right. And I picked up that nickname. Well, whenever anything's different and people don't understand things, they always, you know, try and give it a hard time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fear does a lot for people. It's a very powerful emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't understand how powerful fear is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started to get more into the different elements of the spiritual side, what were like some of the first, I know you do Reiki and stuff, you were saying? Yes, I love Reiki. I really enjoy that. Um, because it's just tuning into that energy, you know, that mm-hmm. higher energy and just totally relaxing and letting it flow. And it's really wonderful because you pick up on so much, you know. I mean, you can offer healing and release for mm-hmm. people. And for animals. I work with the animals, too. Maybe that's why Leo is so attracted to you. That's why he's my buddy. Yeah. Um, And I just love it. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, I can't even explain it. It's very healing, not just for them, but for me. I find when I do Reiki, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just wonderful. It's just opening yourself up to the light, and it just flows, and it, I just, I love it. So what exactly, when you do like a Reiki, like, uh, what, what's the proper word for what you would, like a session? Mm-hmm. Just a session? Mm-hmm. Um, like, so what does that kind of entail? You sit down with the people, are there rocks involved with Reiki or am I out of my mind? No, you're not out of your okay. mind. It depends on the person. Some right. people do incorporate um, using different crystals yeah. and stones for healing. Um, I usually we'll use them a little bit separately. Okay. When I do Reiki, I just ask the person to relax, and I explain to them that they're gonna, they may feel or may not feel anything. Some people will perceive energy as a vibration, mm-hmm. as heat. I've had most people tell me your hands get so hot. They tell hmm. me it throws off an awful lot of heat. Um, and what I do is, I mean, I ask them, you know, if there's something specific bothering them, but I also tell them don't be surprised if they don't get the healing they think they're going to get because the spirit has a different agenda Mm -hmm. and you might have um, a really bad ache in your lower back and that could be from emotional stress. Yeah. So if someone says, yeah, can you work on that pain in my back? It's not the pain in the back, it's the it's the suffering in their mind. Right. It's the chaos that's going on there that's causing that. Yeah. So I always ask for the healing that's in their highest and best interest. Okay. And um, they will usually find that what they asked for is remedied along with other things mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's that domino effect of things with your body. When yeah. there's a blockage somewhere... Uh, depression, stress, anxiety, all those things play such a huge part yeah. in how your body functions. So, um, you know, I just start, I clear the energy. I like to burn sage. Sage is my friend. Yeah. Love it, love it. 
Um, and I will do that and I'll clear the energy and I'll just kind of clear the aura and I just start at their head and I work down and I don't have a real routine. I follow my gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, they teach you a specific way to do things, but after a while, you kind of, I think you may agree with this, incorporate your own style. And I just go strictly by intuition. Yeah. And so far, knock on wood, yeah. I, people have been like, how did you know to go there? How did you do... And it's just, I just go with intuition. I, I just ask spirit and their guides to guide me where, where it needs to flow. Yeah. And that's how I do my, my Reiki. Do you think we're living in a bad time to be an empath where you can pick up other people's emotions because there's a lot of anger going on nowadays, a lot of depression, you know, a lot of sad and, you know, anxious and angry yes. time right now you know what i mean yes yeah. it is it's very difficult i could picture that um, yeah. very difficult and you can it's easy to get caught up in it oh yeah if could, you let yeah. your guard down it really is very caught up in it so um if i find myself getting moody mm -hmm. for any reason i immediately learn to stop and go okay what am i feeling why am i feeling it and then I can usually go, all right, that doesn't belong to me. Mm -hmm. i got to let it go, release it. Yeah. Um, because you will realize if it's your energy or not. You do start to, to be able to realize, okay, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This isn't, this isn't normal. Normal. This yeah. isn't going with the way I'm, I'm flying right now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I have found that, that it's like as soon as I start to get um, that negative energy, like I said, a lot of anger. A mm. lot of anger, a lot of resentment. Right. It's really quite sad. Yeah. Um, people just got to let go of it. Truth. People hold on to anger. Mm. And it's just so sad. It just, they got to let it go. It doesn't serve any purpose. I think it's because a lot of people don't feel anything. So when they feel something, they hold on to it. Even if it's a negative thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you have any advice for maybe somebody that might be out there like that if they feel that feeling of depression or anger come in like a way that they can kind of be at meditation or, 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 or something else where they can just kind of, you know, relax, take, take some breaths and like get themselves out of that funk, you think? Oh, what about you? You've been talking. I know, but you've been so quiet, Ray. I think Ray's on every episode with me, so it's okay. He's taking a break. It, it's, it's, it's guest time. No, uh, as for myself, I approach it multiple ways. Mm -hmm. um, in life, when issues come up, uh, or whether it's anger, I question where it's coming from or why it's there mm -hmm. to be able to identify it in one way um Often what I do is uh, very, what you would call Buddhist-like. That I take an issue, I examine it, and then I don't hold on to it. I just let it go. I just kind of let it go. It says, okay, one, two, three, A, B, C, this, that, the other, okay. Let it pass, and I just move on. Mm -hmm. uh, on a regular basis, I do meditate, I do pray, etc., and I believe that that helps. But it, it is also developing the attitude of who are you? By examining issues, you learn who you are. Mm -hmm. And you can identify when things don't belong to you. 
and something is coming from somewhere else and go, oh, wait a minute, that's not me. Mm. I don't have to embrace that. I don't have to fall for that. It doesn't have to be a part of my life. So I just leave it out there. Mm -hmm. um, some ways it sounds simple on a very personal level as you're growing and you go through life and issues come up. It's not always simple. Yeah. But it help, does help keep you more balanced because yeah. you realize that, uh, oh, that's not me or I'm not responsible for that. Right. I also believe that one problem with a lot of the anger and the hate, I think it really comes from a lot of people, is that when they're hurt mm -hmm. or hurting and they have no expression for it, it comes out as anger, hate directed towards someone else. Once you deal with those issues inside and you release that pain, then the anger goes away. Yeah. And whether it is forgiving or whether it is letting it pass, but facing those issues and... Um, letting them go reduces the anger you have towards others and you're not projecting onto your pain mm -hmm. onto others and hating them for it. Yeah. You take it almost like a, like a possession almost of that dark energy kind of consumes a little bit and then you get caught in it. You know what I mean? Do you think it's a little lesser than that? No, I, I think that, um, like, I believe that the energy itself, mm -hmm. and if you talk about the dark energy, uh, like attracts. Yeah. If, if I'm doing mediumship, it's like, you know, light attracts light. I've never had anybody come through mean and nasty. I'm in an attitude, but that identifies yep. them. Um, there, there is that. But I also believe that if you are wrapped up in anger and you are wrapped up in your own dark energy, mm -hmm. you draw in more. You project out as well. And that what that does is draw in more. And it becomes kind of like a spiral. Right. And that's where you become fixed in the anger and in the hate, and you get sucked right into that darkness. And part of it's external if you don't recognize it's coming from the external. Mm. And I think that's contributing. As that builds and builds and builds in society, you're getting a large mass of negative energy. And when it concentrates like it can in a particular space uh, where there's been a lot of it, um, it can pretty much take its own form yeah. and start manifesting in different ways, such as um, you have a building built on a burial ground where there's been murders mm -hmm. where there's, and all of this stuff. All of that energy starts to take its own shape in its own life. Um, overall, there's a lot of it in the world, and we're susceptible to it. We have to recognize we're susceptible, uh, recognize what it is, and not be sucked into it or contribute to it. Yeah. You think one of the most dangerous is for both of you. One of the most dangerous, of, dangerous of those emotions, probably the depression part, because you know I would say it would be personally, because you know your anger and stuff. You're 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 pushing negative out, but with the depression thing, you're pulling it in and you're putting it out, and like you can get lost in it. You know what I mean? You're, you're nodding over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a darker thing to kind of pull yourself out of, I feel, you know what I mean? Because then you don't, in certain, when you get so deep, you don't want help, which is probably the worst part of all of that, is yeah. not wanting help. Because in other certain situations, you when you realize it's there, you're like, well, I want to get out of this. But with depression, it's kind of a pull back thing. So you're, you're like, well, maybe I deserve to be here. You know what I mean? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I think you're right on the money. Um, yeah. It's it is very 
a very difficult thing to deal with because mm-hmm. it is so internalized. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think people realize what's happening at first until it's almost too late. Yeah. And then you're just, you can really get so far gone. And it is so hard to pull yourself out of that. Um, but yeah, I, um, I mean, I've dealt like just myself through life with mm-hmm. depression. Um, and I'm aware of a lot of things now, but there are a lot of people dealing with depression out there and you can definitely, Mm. uh, pick up on that energy. Uh, and it's very easy, at least for me, um, to let that slip into me. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I, um... I have found myself more than once going, you know, what is wrong with me? And then I realize um, the person that I've been exposed to a lot, and I think about that person, and I think, okay, this is this is their symptoms, this mm-hmm. is what they're going through, but I just took it on, you know, and you have to kind of just really step back, like Ray had mentioned, do a lot of meditating, release it, and mm-hmm. but but um, depression is a very difficult thing, I think, for so yeah. many, and 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 you know it's kind of scary. You wonder how many people are out there that are empaths that don't realize it, that suffer from depression, and it's not theirs. Right. Um, which is yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, depression's wild. It's one of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's probably one of the worst ones because, like we said, you know, it's an inner thing. Um, and what other fields outside of Reiki? What else do you like to tap into a little bit with the spiritual side of things? Um, I just, I really enjoy uh, just energy. Yeah. I enjoy doing, like, a lot, like walking through places that people don't go, you mm-hmm. know, quiet places. And I mean, even out in the woods, Yeah, you know, like people think, um, you know, <clears throat> you go into old buildings or different places. There are so many energies when you get out into nature. Have you found that at all, Ray? When you oh, yeah. get out into nature and you just sit in that, you will feel, I mean, everything. The, ener- the, the, the trees have energy, the earth has energy, the animals and it's a really great place for me to go to ground myself and connect. I find it very comforting. That's what I like to do. I feel the animals would have a good energy because they don't really have, you know, the, tr- the human troubles that, that weigh everybody down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're just focused on getting that meal that, that they need in the next hour or two. You know what I mean? That's their, really their problem. Which is there, they just have to find it, you know what I mean? Yeah, we went to the uh, cemetery for some pictures last time. And Ray yeah. had some feelings, I remember. Oh yeah, there, there were some there. I also remember that there was once one mound that had a circle of stones, mm. but I got the feeling the circle on that mound was older than the stones. Okay. And something had been there, because I remember I was sitting on some steps. Yep. And I got to, oh, there's someone behind me. And uh, there was someone trapped there and uh, was able to release them. But there were different energies flowing back and forth. Now, which is unusual for a cemetery, because usually cemeteries 
um, the spirits are not there. It's just the body. Mm -hmm. The reason you may have something happen at a cemetery is when people go to visit, they're bringing their trauma, their emotions to the cemetery. And if you're talking about energies and the Native American, um, many Native American traditions, stones hold history. Well, a lot of monuments are granite. So you're bringing, and one fashionable thing now is quartz monument, mm -hmm. monuments. I would say put a plaque on. Well, these people are bringing this trauma and this sorrow there, praying, remembering the person among all these stones, the quartz, the granite. And collectively, all these people are really um, infusing that cemetery mm -hmm. with its own particular energy, which isn't necessarily pleasant. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, now, in the, the case of the last time, that was where I got the feeling that was where something happened there, which was different. But who knows what was there before the cemetery? Mm. I mean, the, the simple fact that you have all of those funerals with people feeling that. And all of that energy pouring into that spot, right? And the earth, um, I think it is less the uh, less the people that have passed that are there. Hmm. It's more that what the living bring to it. That's a good it, point. What it holds on to. Yeah, and they got their regrets and their sadness and their anger that they bring to it. You know what I mean? That's a really good point. Yeah. And they could be while they're there bringing the person back to them. As far as in spirit, because well, that's, that's, what they that's, want, yeah. that's where they connect. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's a really a place of flux of energy, and a lot of it is sad. Mm. And a lot of energy poured into a cemetery. On that that hill that we're talking about, I wonder if you know before the cemetery, that was maybe something where where, the, where people would go at the top of the hill and do do some things to try and speak the spiritual you know in a spiritual way, and then they figured well. It already has this stigma to it, so we'll just make it a cemetery. Well, it, was, it mean? was a circular mound. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, it had a lower and an upper level, so it resembled a lot like ancient mounds. So yeah. It being ceremonial once upon a time could have been. It had the look of it. Yeah. And it didn't look like it was manufactured for the cemetery. It looked like they took advantage of it. Mm. It's tricky. Yeah. There's people that like will kill themselves in cemeteries too. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that go, a lot that goes on there, and uh, the one thing I have my doubts about mm -hmm. is that um, it is the person in the grave, unless they've been brought back. Right. You you look at a lot of old traditions from around the world. Um, you have a period of time that the person stays around, and what they do is look at the body and then decide whether to come back or not. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it is what the tradition is, a lot of them out of the Middle East, um, by time you are, and that's why some of them have a three-day period where they pray. Mm -hmm. um, once the body is in there, it is usually past that period of time, and in theory the spirit should have moved on. Right. Even if you go to the old beliefs, it is still past the time that they would come back. So they sh they should not be there. Um, some of the modern beliefs are is that you know you have a peaceful passing, and then the spirit simply takes off. 
So there's a lot of different theories on it, but I really don't believe most of what you see in the cemetery or what you feel in the cemetery has to do with those in the actual grave. Yeah. And it goes back to that element of, like, opening the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? By just talking. And what do people do when they go to a cemetery? They talk to their loved one that they lost. And if they're not there no more and the door is open, anything could come out type deal. If you're talking about, like, there's one cemetery, uh, the city I used to live in, um, they have a raised area that's Mm -hmm. circular. And... um, they have a lot of fancy stones. It's kind of more of an upscale place. You see a lot of the quartz runs and the big monuments, etc. And uh, if the, it's also huge. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about people going in there, and you're talking about all of these funerals, all of the people visiting, and like you mentioned, opening a door. Right. Well, with the Huge granite monuments, the quartz, the people, the emotions, the visits, etc. Once you once you get that door open, over time it's conceivable because this has graves back to the 1600s that that portal of door is widening, mm. and you may start to experience things in there. Yeah, because it has been opened up and it has been fed. Yeah, over hundreds of years. So, is there a haunting there? Um, that particular one. Um, I went in at night when I was younger, and I saw some creepy things in there. <laughs> but I believe it's it's more of what was opened up and brought in, yeah, than what was buried. I you know I never looked at it that way, but I think you're right, 110 percent right on that. And, you know I have a whole new look, look, way to look at that now, because uh, you're right. I mean the spirits of past, but they come in grieving. Whether it be regret, anger, just sadness, and they sit down in front of it, and they're they're giving that door like attention, and it's open, and that's that's when things would come through. Now, do you think if something came through that it could follow them home, or do you think it would be kind of still within the grounds? Um, I think anything that came through might not be what they were talking to. And well, that's yeah, definitely that yeah, and would have the potential to follow them. Mm-hmm. I know I've I've been followed. Um, I had an attachment, had to remove, but, um, and I know other people have experienced similar things, and yeah, it can be, I believe you've had an attachment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Let's talk about an attachment. Now, do you like to walk through, cemeteries, one of the places that you, like the, the, the peaceful places, like the woods, yeah. is that one? Yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoy the cemetery. Yeah. Um, it is actually very peaceful to Yeah. Me. Um, my husband passed in 2012, so I go up Sorry, and I yeah. visit him and visit a few other folks mm-hmm. and, and, you know, have my conversation. I mean, I have my conversation anyways, but sometimes um, I just like to go up and clean up and chat while I'm there. Right. And, you know. Yeah. And I try to keep it light. I, it's funny, as, as you were talking about that, I try to keep it lighthearted. Like, right. I try to tell him, hey, guess what's going on? Well, hey, you already know what's going on. Why am I telling you? Right. You know, but it's like <laughs> I try to just, like, keep things lighthearted and... Um, I just enjoy it. I enjoy um, going going through the cemeteries, walking, looking at the old stones. Yeah. I, I send out light, actually, when I'm there. I have a habit of just walking around and just sending light. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very peaceful for me there. Yeah, but um, I did have an attachment, which was not very fun. Yeah. Um, and it was before, it was in the earlier stages of, like, when I 
first was it when I first met you or was it before that? I think before. It was before that. And I really didn't, like I said at that point, understand a lot of what was going on with being an empath, mm -hmm. with being open. I mean, there was just so much I didn't understand. And uh, my husband and I had went to New Orleans to pick up a vehicle. He was he bought and sold cars and whatnot. And we went to New Orleans, and of course, while we're there, we're like, well, we got to go, you know, check this out, yeah. and see Bourbon Street, mm -hmm. and you know, we had a ball. Well, where we were living um, in Oxbridge, we just always had tons of activity there, tons, tons, tons. And so while we were there, he's like, hey, this is like the perfect place. We got to start talking to people and asking, yeah. like, you know, what can we do, you know? So we had talked to a few different people, and they mentioned this woman's name to us. Oh, you got to talk to them. Okay, so, okay. And then we go to another place, and we're gabbing with people, and oh, yeah, got to try this. Okay, talk to this person. Finally, the last place we're at, our last day, this woman goes, well, you really need to talk to this woman. And Jay's like, you know, I've been hearing this woman's name, but nobody will tell me how to reach, reach her. And she goes, oh, I can give you her phone number. Okay, great. So we were going to try to get a hold of her. We had to go home. All right. Well, we're home. And, I mean, it is chaos. I mean, the business was always a little bit crazy, but, mm -hmm. I mean, it was unusual chaos. I mean... The trucks were breaking down, the drivers were arguing with each other, there was just tension in the air. My dog, who was normally very passive, was growling at people. I'm like, what is going on here? What is going on? And, I mean, then, it gets a little bit better, um, the room, our bedroom, because we had um, so much outside with the cars, we had the big giant spotlights out there. So the room was never dark. Mm. I mean, you could always see across the room. Well, one night, um, I saw something standing next to the bed. And it was about three feet tall. And the only way I could do it was all black, all black and in a black cloak and its skin looked like do you remember like when we were little the shrunken apple heads were big did you ever see those this little shrunken they'd shrink and it would be all shriveled yeah that's what the face looked like there's a movie called phantasm that has those very they're they're, they're like dwarfy things with the real old looking face and the cloaks yeah so and its eyes yeah. were very like like a reddish glow yikes and Apparently, I was talking to it. I remember, like, seeing it, and um, I remember being mad at it. And my husband finally was able to say, you know, hey, you know, Audra, and he's, what is going on? And I'm like, well, did you see it? It was right here. I'm mm -hmm. like, he was trying to tell me something. He's like, well, you were really mad. And he said, let me tell you something. I couldn't see you next to me. Hmm. He said, this room was so black. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. I couldn't see you next to me. Hmm. I could just hear you talking, and you were really mad. So I told him what it was, and the next day I'm like, 
I got to find out what to do. This thing's, I'm like, let's get this lady's name, Mm. you know, and I called her and she knew who I was when I called. Mm. And I told her what was going on and she said, I believe she called it a batanka. Mm. And she said, they're thousands of years old and they are connected to voodoo. Thousands of years of voodoo has been, they said that what they are is they're um, like negative tricksters. And they said they will they will just feed off of energy, energies of spirits, energies of people. Hmm. They'll cause anger, they'll cause chaos, and they'll feed off of that. And they get stronger and stronger. Um, and I was like, well, why did it, why is it here? And she said, because you have a light to you that is like cotton candy to the spirits. And mm. that was how she described it. And she said, good, bad, or indifferent they will be drawn to you. So that was when I started learning about, okay, we got to do something. But she had told me how to get rid of it. There was a whole process I had followed that that worked wonderfully. Yeah. It, it did leave, thank goodness, but it did wreak havoc for about a week before it actually appeared to me and, and, and we realized what was going on. It's kind of like Pugawajis, which is like our, around here. Pugawajis is our our, our thing like that, where it's these little creatures, and they're they're often seen by the woods, and the, the folklore of them is that they would draw you into the woods and get you lost. And there's like a there's a rock in Bridgewater Triangle that they, it would lead you off of this rock, and you would die. And like it would it would it would feed off your fears and stuff. Um, with the voodoo element to it. It sounds like it might be something you picked up in New Orleans. Yes, you know what that's I mean? what she said. She said yeah. it was. She said this followed you back from New Orleans, and that's what she said. They're very uh, prominent to us. You, so you got rid of them eventually with uh, with what she told you to do type yes, stuff. Yeah. What did that include? Uh, it included salting every corner of my house, and this was. <laughs> A house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that took a couple of things of salt, but yeah. did that. And because it was in my room, she said, you put a bowl of water under my bed. Mm-hmm. And I read Psalm 91 every morning and every evening. And on the third day, I was to take the bowl of water and bring it up to the road. She said, do not dump it on the property. Don't put it down a drain. You bring it up on the pavement, and you throw the water on the pavement. Because they said they he will be drawn into the spirits or drawn to water. Hmm. And they said, when you read this, it will it'll go to where it feels safe, which is the water. Interesting. And that's when they said, dump it. And I don't understand, but when it hits the asphalt, something happens to it. And it it, like, disperses it. But it have you ever heard of tar water? It's been around for a long while. Yes. Tar water? Yes, I've tar never water. heard of tar water. Yes, I have. Okay, tar water is used to banish spirits. If you put it around your house, the only thing is if you use it and you put it around your house, don't expect anything to ever come in, good or bad. Hmm. Spirits hate it. Now, if you're putting this water on the asphalt or the tar... The combination and, the, and it's the chemical makeup of the tar itself is what repels and dispels them. 
Okay. That's why you use tar water to keep them out because they'll go like, oh, no, 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 no. That's kind of like what what she described is you kind of like ended it. Mm-hmm. It's form or it's life that way. Yeah, you're back to where you started from. You're no hmm. longer in this world. And tar water does mm-hmm. that to protect the property. And people like put it on your window sills and stuff like that. You'll seal off your whole house. I'd say it's, I'm not downplaying salt. Yeah. Salt has its purposes, but tar water is for years and years um, has been used for that, and it's very, very powerful. Well, it's probably salt in the tar water, I'd think, right? Um, Somewhere. It's also toxic to humans. Oh, tar water is? Okay. It's t- toxic to humans. Uh, wouldn't allow it on pets, but I know spirits, oh, they... It's kind of like a big flashing red light and a siren goes off and they head in the other direction. <laughs> Do you think that the, that the concrete and the tar thing might be because if it's on the tar, it, it evaporates in the sky, whereas if you do it on the dirt, it soaks in and becomes if life go, again? If it goes into the dirt, it has a source and an energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about energy, even if we talk about the earth and energy vibration, there's something called the Schumann resonance, which is the earth actually vibrates at a certain rate, hmm. which is measured, which has been on a slow increase over years. Uh, but if you take it with the tar, then the chemical reaction with the tar and the evaporation, the thing's gone. The water may evaporate, but the thing is, uh, long before that, the thing's sent back to where it came from. It's out of its realm. Hmm. But that got rid of the, what was, what was it called again? Batanka, Batanka, I believe, was how... Have you ever heard of Batanka before? No. We learn something new every day here at Mostly was, Ghostly. Yeah, and, and I tell you, it did get mad, too. It got mad. Did, did you see it again? I didn't see it again, It was no, just that night? when I... Just that you night. You could feel it? But when I first read... The oh, yeah. first read Psalm 91, when it, it realized, was mad. I mean, there were literally... What was going on, yeah. Literally things shaking in the house, and it that scared me more than anything. Mm-hmm. That and, and I just said, okay, just gotta it's keep reading it. Just, yeah. just gotta keep reading it. You know, keep reading it. Psalm forty-one was it? Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Do you remember what 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 it is? Like what the quote is? I do not. It was it was um, it was a good read, mm-hmm. and I do not recall like the the wording on it. Do you remember it like was, what what the message was in the like what exactly? It's, what is what part of it that you say that actually like does does the trick? Was it like a like a banishing, like a spirit banishing thing, or like a, a I have a, all power through Christ type thing? Or no, raise like raise like don't bring me into this. I, I don't use psalms. I have a book of things to banish, remove attachments, and protect. But there's there's only one psalm at the end for closing. But I don't. Yeah. Know which psalm you're talking about. Yeah, no, Psalm 91, and I just, you know, I really can't recall it. Isn't that awful? It's been so many years, but I really can't recall it. Yeah. And I luckily have not had to go back to right. it. But it's always in, like, my back pocket type thing, you know? Right, like, right. I always know, okay, if I go somewhere and it's really, really bad, I know this will do the trick. Right. So it's, uh, you know, something that I always, always know. So I will have to reread that and perhaps visit you again and yeah. tell you about Psalm 91. Because I, I want to know the, uh, the the meanings behind it. Now, do you guys believe in the open Bible trick? 
A lot of people like to leave open Bibles throughout their house for protection. Hmm. My mother does that. I used to. I got to do it again. Uh, no, what I have, every room you walk into, mm -hmm. if you look in all of the four directions, there is what you would call a secret object. Okay. Uh, partly from it. It can be Native American. It can be Christian. It can be Jewish. But there are sacred objects um, that face every opening and every direction in every room. So the place, besides prayer and other things that I do, the place is basically sealed if something wants to come. Like I have a three-season porch, mm -hmm. which is all kind of uh, uh, screened in. It's got the glass. Um, at the top of each large section, where the shade goes up and up and down, and there's a little hooks that the shade is, on each hook, there's an object. So nothing can get in that porch. Yeah. Nothing can get past any window or wall in the house. So it's all sealed. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as, like I said, along with prayers and other things, that it has sealed the place up right from where you approach the front door, right next to the, right by the door on the front porch, right by the door that leads into the house on the front porch, mm -hmm. right across from the door, next to the yeah. window that leads out back, and then next to the door on the other side, the one facing the window that leads out back. Yeah. And it's, so it's, yeah, basically the house is enveloped. But I also believe that all of that, unless you believe it, and unless you follow through uh, with care and asking blessings and uh, doing something, just mm -hmm. pasting the walls won't do anything. Right. Uh, it, it won't necessarily stop anything. You have to take the next. You have to take the next step. Yes, I dust these things. Where I have crystals, I will cleanse them and charge them. Mm -hmm. um, I do all those all those things on a on a regular basis. And meditation, prayer, along with it. Uh, one thing I hardly ever use is the sage. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a small bag. My bag has sage in it. My bag has prayers in it. My bag—it's that, that's my travel bag. <laughs> it has a rattle in it. Sound, sacred mm -hmm. sound. Yes. The rattle, uh, the sound of the rattle. Quite often, uh, among many Native Americans, the rattle is used. To drive off okay. uh, evil. I have the sage, I have the rattle, I have the different things, and my travel bag mm -hmm. that I can take with me. And uh, if I'm going to go in a Bridgewater Triangle, I will carry that with me. You got to be careful with the rattle nowadays. With the kids, you see a rattle, they might think things. It's a. I was going for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel. I, I brought up a joke in a serious subject, I feel. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it goes, I mean, it goes back to, um, I had a DNA done. I had a very, very yeah. minute percentage of mm -hmm. Native American, but I was adopted by a tribe about 15, a little over 15 years ago, and named and drummed and learned a lot at that time. Uh, some of those traditions I continue. Like you said, music, sometimes to calm myself down, I use some of the old honoring songs. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. Music's yeah. a very powerful thing, yeah. Even even without the, even if I don't have the drum, which still resides in the house, um, I will sing the song. 
there's one or two of them that I that I will sing, and that will kind of correct me and bring me right back to focus. So there are different different ways of doing it. Yeah. But if you use an open Bible, there is a Bible out back on the open. No. Wow. Wow. Then it's just a book. No, it's a it's it's a very old one, and it's out back on the uh, in the three season porch. But then again, uh, there's also the skull of a wolf. Mm. I got years ago. Uh, my native name is uh, Spirit Wolf. Okay. So I keep the skull of a wolf there. Like that. It's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. I mean, uh, there's a lot out there, many paths. Basically, they all lead to the same place. Mm-hmm. And they can help you deal with what's out there in spirit. And that includes the nasties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the meanies. True. Yeah, the Native Americans are very, uh, the music's heavily into it with the drums and stuff, which is important because, you know, the thing they say about music is music's magic because you can't feel it, you know, you, you, you can't see it. I mean, you can feel it, but you can't see it and touch it. Well, that, that's, you know what I mean? That's the same thing. When we talk about ghosts and stuff, people yeah. oh, they're not real. I said, okay, you use a microwave. Do you see it? You don't see it, yeah. but the food comes out hot. Feel the music? Do you see it? Yeah. No. Watch the TV? Where's it coming from? Right. Particularly if you're using, let's say you're using the antenna, even if it's cable, it's beamed mm-hmm. off a set. All of this stuff we don't see, Yeah. we accept. Right. If someone says spirit, they go, oh, no. Negative energy. Oh, no. All of that in itself is energy around you. Right. Vibrating Everything has a vibration, a frequency. Mm-hmm. That in itself, just like the big debate now about 5G and stuff, like all of yeah. those things, or the simplest one, the microwave, go ahead and stick your hand in there and turn it on and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> energy influences you. Mm-hmm. Emotional energy, spiritual energy, all of these things, it all comes together. You don't have to see it for it to be real. Yeah. It's there. Right. Yeah, I think music's a great example of it because you can yeah. hear a song... To make you cry because it's so beautiful, you know what I mean. To make yeah. you feel all these different emotions, you could feel anger from it, you know, you cry from it because it makes you emotional, and it goes back to that whole thing where it's not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it can still move you. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is very appreciative with that. Uh, music's incredibly important, and if you think about it, if music, imagine if music didn't exist. Imagine if you took music out of the world. Like a lot of good things happen from you, bad things too, but a lot of good things happen from music. It's, it, it brings people together, you know what I mean? Oh, it's, even even the simplest thing is not music, but sound, the own. Sound, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you take, for some people, I always love them, Gregorian chants. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to know exactly what they're saying, it takes me somewhere. It's just the sound. It's the, the sound. vibration. The sound, the vibration, that applies to music, mm-hmm. a lot of things. All invisible. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. It's there. It's in the air. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're, we're rounding off our, our episode. We're in there. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Oh, it was wonderful. We, we hope to have Thank you, you back again sometime soon. I would love it. I think we'll have you back sooner than we even expected. (laughs) But for this episode, we'll we'll sign off and 
Every, you know, everybody want to say their goodbyes to the, to the world. They're listening. This is magic right here. They'll be hearing us soon. Right. And they say so long for now. Walk in light. There you go. Absolutely. Love and light. Spread the peace. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Ray, always a pleasure. Thanks, Captain.